cycle is beginning it's another like month of impulse moves hopefully um some of the earnings from the stock market look pretty good uh meta's doing okay apple's doing okay um and as a result it means that like you're not going to have some sort of nasdaq mega dump at the moment i think which is good for crypto so i think everything's going to moon here without too many worries um let me see here uh, i was going to pull up some coins here um obviously first and foremost uh chain link as expected is kicking ass it's got like one of the best narratives in crypto at this point it's going to kick ass um <laughs> it's pretty much it's like easiest easiest play in crypto at the moment is chain link mm. and we're up like 12 percent just today so put in a nice candle the most recent high for link was like 1740 or 1760 something like that we're at 1730 right now and the odds of a break are pretty damn good especially with btc holding at 43k mm. and i think you know usually once all this like narrative shit happens youtube channel stuff and everything these things play out over a period of months so a lot of people sort of add to their bag and a lot of newbies will chase as the price goes up. So these things take a while to sort of do their moves. Um, but with Link in particular, we've already had like a three-month consolidation almost, uh, which is really like forever in crypto, really. And um, I think that we're going to make um, a pretty good run here. Um, you can kind of predict where the price will go because you can pay, basically look at a few charts, like, for example, Link Ethereum. Mm. And Link Ethereum has a bit to go. Um, you've hey, got Seth. at least. Uh huh. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, question good, here. Good. Um, so payday, right? Uh, U.S. paydays are uh, every second week, I guess, most commonly. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, but but usually that's like mini retail money. We're not really talking about a lot of money on those paydays. <laughs> Yeah, but this is bloody 300 million Americans, you know, it's still a lot of money, even if it's yeah. terms. So don't sure. underestimate that. And um, so basically the question I have when payday comes, uh, how long does it take to be in your account? Usually is it not in there on the 30th? Or mm -hmm. the they usually front you it pretty early, especially if people are like, you know, it depends on the bank and like what situation. So if you on ramp on the exchange, how much does it take day wise to actually get the money available, like settled? Because you have the, all this silly mm. things that was checks not settling straight away in the U.S. Still, I mean, 
there's historical data that you can go through like every Friday or whatever and see if there's any like trend towards more price action on those days, probably. Um, I don't think anyone's ever noticed a Friday effect um, in crypto. Not really a Friday, but there seems to be some bi-weekly flows, at least in crypto. That's yeah. what I, I don't realized. Know. No. Yeah. Anyway, yes, so. Mm, so, uh, so some some targets. Number one is link on the ETH chart. So we have a Fib level coming up here in just a, a second, because um, we're at like point zero zero seven five on the ETH chart, and the resistance is at point zero zero seven nine. So you're, that's where the first resistance comes in. Um, it's already hit that already uh, back in November tenth. I think we're going to break that, and I suspect we're going to run like two fib levels up here. That's my theory, and that puts us on the ETH chart. Um, a doubling from here um, would you, would put you at like two fibs from all time high, and then if we have two uh, two fibs move on the the Link USD chart, that puts us at one fib away from, or just the all time high is the only thing next. Um, I've been theorizing that maybe, like, if you look at the past history of Chainlink's moves and how fast things go, that, like, it only takes about a few months to get to a prior high. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of jaggedy lines in between. But um, I think $53 Chainlink, in my mind, could be there by summer or sooner, uh, depending on how fast things move. Things tend to get front run a bit. So, if previous cycle, like you know that something has made it to a certain height, then the expectation becomes, well, we're going to get to that level again. And therefore, like you tend to go straight up. Um, so while these things can take, like last cycle, getting to like $20 to $53 might have taken five or six months. Uh, you could do the same thing in theory this cycle within like a couple of months, if not faster. So the speed of these moves can be quite dramatic, and um, you don't really want to miss those moves in whatever coins that you own. Um, and the only what, way not to what is your, wait. What is it take if Bitcoin actually takes a dump after the halving? What do you think? Well, will we round trip some FIP levels on Link when that happens? Mm, yeah, but I mean, you could... Like, it's really feasible to assume that you'd have resistance for Chainlink, number one, at about 31 or $31, $32. And then you're going to have mm -hmm. another resistance at the all-time high. Um, so are you going to round trip a one or two fibs on the way down? It's quite possible. Um, you just have to decide, mm -hmm. like, what your goal is. Like, if you're fine with paying the taxes or whatever it is that you have to do to sell and then try to buy back lower. Uh, typically, if you're in short-term capital gains, like, on large amounts of money in America, you might be paying like 30 to 40% tax rate. So you would need to accumulate, you would need a dip to happen that's about 30% down uh, in order to sort of buy back your coins um, and really come out truly ahead as opposed to just simply holding. Unless you've owned most of your chain link for over a year, in which case the, the short-term capital gains of 20% is where it is. So. I think what that means is there's going to be some sellers who want to buy back and you're going to assume that they're going to watch for a 20% retracement from $53 down back to $32 chain link would be a 40% retracement actually. And that would not be unheard of at all. In fact, 
that would be pretty normal. So I think that's a possible um, endpoint. So let's say if we run up to 30 something bucks, right, we could have a retracement of 40%, to like a little bit under 20 and then mm-hmm. go up again. Yeah, 32, I think we'd run, I think we run to 32, 31, 32. And I think we'd probably do a pullback to 21 is my guesstimation. That's my theory. Because, like, the, there's not a really a volume resistance of, substan- of any substance at $21. So I think what will happen is we'll sit there for a, a day or two or three, and then we'll float right up to 31 is my theory here, just based on, you know. Yeah, it just dipped in. in when was that? was in December, December 21. We just dipped there right through that. And the twenty dollar level, right? There's nothing there. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think one thing's for sure, almost sure, that we probably will not see, um, like the, there's a pretty good odds that we won't see ten dollar chain link again, for the rest of its uh, future. Um, you know that. No, that's over. That's, over. that's probably over at this point. And twelve dollar chain link yeah. is probably over as well because the thing is like. $12 chain link at this stage would be like all in type money. Like that's like that kind of dip would be too easy, too obvious to everybody. And I think the obvious um, purchase price is over already. So those of us who bought it at those levels, we're sure as fuck not going to sell it at this, these levels. So that those days are pretty much over. And so um, that's just part of the game. So I think, but I still think that we have plenty of room to go. Cause I think we have like probably 140 to 240 as the target for this year. And we're at 17 bucks. There's plenty of room to go. So it's not like there's a, you know, like, and we haven't even broken out yet. Like, yeah, the other day we were, or like last month or whatever, we were at 1760 ish or so. We're at 1730 right now. So, like, if one does not own Chainlink, it's not too late technically. But at the same time, like, I'm not buying here. I've already, I've already got my bags um, from like an average of like 12 or something. So I'm pretty happy with where that is. Um, so, so the important thing to re- realize here is that last run up, you know, Chainlink sort of led the pack. And then, of course, it retraced first and all the link people were bored and shit. They're like, oh, no, my money's, you know, like it, everything else is going up and my shit's staying sideways. It's usual link and la da da da. People just whining about it. I don't know what. Like you do a 2X and people are still bitching or two, 3X off the bottom and people still complain. Um, but basically, yeah, it was going sideways nicely. And um, because it ran early, it's more most likely to run again early compared to everything else, and I think that's exactly what's happening now. Because if you consolidate early, you can you can run again faster, and this is why you see see some cycling. So I think that's a plus sign for Zephyr as well, because like the Chainlink run started around October eighteenth. Um, Zephyr's run started um, if you look at the breakout kind of. It was like November twelfth. So my suspicion is is that this month, um, like Chainlink runs, and next month, you know, maybe we can get a an all time high breakout of Zephyr. Um, it would it's like timing wise, it's going to be like clockwork, and you can already see like reversals happening on the Zephyr chart. Um, it's starting to kind of perk up a little bit, and like it's the first blue candle on my reversal indicator I've seen in like I don't know, you know, like a month or two. So it looks like we're we may be um, hitting kind of hopefully a bottom there, and um, what'll happen is is that you'll have like something like Chainlink run. You'll have a bunch of rich people, and they're going to figure out ways to like, you know, people that do sell might be looking for places to deploy their capital somewhere else, and then they'll look for whichever chart 
has pulled back the most and has um, spent the most time in a retracement. Um, another coin that like ran around the same time um, was to Chainlink was Rune, and Rune like ran like October. Yeah, like mm, it kind of broke out, you know, maybe October twenty fifth. So first it was Chainlink, then it was Rune. Rune now is already sort of got a decent reversal pattern on its chart. It dropped to like three seventy five from seven thirty at the top, and now it's sitting at about four sixty. So it's sort of kind of doing its little bit of a trend upwards. Current trajectory would put Rune breaking out of its um, recent top maybe as soon as like mid February. And um, so that timing wise would come like if Link makes its run now, Rune makes its run next, Zephyr makes its run after that, it just comes in sequence at that point. So you can kind of tell like, you know, what's going to run and when just based on when, you know, when that thing ran. Now, Kujira is another one to watch out for because um, it also ran right around the time Chainlink did almost exactly the same time. And it is pulled back to its a pretty decent pullback at $3.10. The big difference right now between Chainlink and Rune, I'm sorry, Chainlink and Kujira would be, um, Kujira is a much smaller market cap, so technically could pop a lot more. At the same time, like like all eyes are on Chainlink. If, if you just look at how much social media attention Chainlink has had and how many projects are like built and connecting to Chainlink with that build program, it's really, really uh, pretty epic. It's quite constant. And so... They've got more social media attention than practically anybody. So I think Link was already trending as of this morning because of the price move. But legitimately, when people go and say, okay, what does Link do? You know, the newbies show up, right? And they see the price going up. And they're like, oh, look at all these neat videos. And look how shit it does, right? That's how people look for. And then they start throwing money at things. Um, they've got that real-world assets narrative going and a few other things um, and the six other products or whatever that they're building. So that all looks pretty good. They start looking for the things that have potential as well, right? Yep. So Link already ran. So yeah, not too much to expect here, but if you go into this and that, right? Yeah, yeah. so so right after Link, I mean, I think like um, timing-wise, um, you know, what's like timed for a run, if you think of this like a, you know, the timing belt on an engine or something, <laughs> like you're talking about really like Kujira could run soon, Rune could run soon um zephyr after that in terms of timing and then like an interesting thing is right now like some of the ai stuff like fetch and whatnot um still still kind of looking weak and looking like our you know inverse head and shoulders type of behavior um and we're not really seeing very much ai related narrative or content or anything um people seem sort of like bored with ai as a conversation piece and therefore, like, um, I don't know how much search traffic that's going to get. So there's some things that look kind of a little weaker. Solana um, does not look quite as strong as Link. Um, Solana is at 97.50. It has to reach 123 to break a fib there and then go to all-time high at 260. Um, but a lot of capital has to flow into Solana just to get a 2x at this point, right? This is the, this is the issue. Like, um, I, I would say, like, in the top... F- 20 or 30 or whatever the most undervalued in this pack verse when you compare like fundamentals you compare social media attention and everything else Chainlink is clearly the undervalued lead you know pack leader here and if you look at like most non-chainlink people they have no fucking clue what Chainlink does and that's really really bullish because that means that they won't figure this shit out till way later um 
And the more diamond-handed people and not the retail people will be the ones buying at the bottom. Because like when something's more technically complicated, there's a, like a psychological barrier to entry when people don't know what it is. <laughs> nice way to say stuff for the stupid. <laughs> yeah, stupid people come late. That's usually what it means. And um, but yeah, like but to recognize the alpha, right? That's the that's the trick. Is like what actually has some potential. Um, I, I think like in the ba on balance, like and then if you saw what happened to XRP with their like founder losing money or whatever like you know, you know that's kind of that's kind of bearish it's bad news for xrp and xrp would be considered like the other sort of banking slash you know infra competitor to chain link in a sense um and you know like i don't know like if you're upset with your xrp bag the most obvious thing to do is to swap the chain link immediately and your upside's going to be substantially more because like a market cap of chain link is one third of xrp so really if link goes really quickly back to its all-time high at 52 bucks um it, it might become short-term overvalued but it would be on balance with the rest of the shit in that in that market cap range that's the that's the reason why i think it's reasonable to assume that link could run to actually prior high to 52 53 dollars quickly hey sefi this might be an amateurish question <laughs> so i apologize man um Go ahead. but the fib levels you're talking about based on price I mean, how accurate is that when there's a complete change in token supply? Like, if the token supply is doubled, like with Solana or damn near doubled. Right, right. I mean, would you want to base it off of market cap instead? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, you could, argue, you could argue for that. Like, the thing is, mm, the reason why FIBs tend to be effective is because it's a, like, people speculate based on market psychology. And like the relative price compared to previous levels is sort of a interesting, you know, component of that in the sh very short term, like the amount of actual total supply out there may not have as much effect on short term bid prices than you might think. Um, I, but it also depends on how liquid that asset is and stuff. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot I mean, of gray area. Yeah. With Solana, there's just, I mean, there's an, enormous mm -hmm. amount of liquidity now yeah, after that there's plenty of liquidity last run. so people yeah. keep talking about the all-time high but i mean the market cap it would have to reach is just absolutely astronomical i just don't understand how it's logical well, it would, to reach that well the presumption is that that solana is going to do its eth run this year that's the that's the that's the theory right like it'd be the same it'd be like eth last cycle would be solana this cycle is the theory so in the mega cap type coin like what has the potential to go there that's what people are banking on um i i think like so why did i do at this stage why did i go with more chain link instead of solana um well first off like in my family we already have someone that has a lot of solana so one is just diversification so we're not like you know all in the same shit um <laughs> so we don't all go broke together um the the second thing is um so we've sort of have like family exposure already the second thing is that um chain link comparatively i feel like did not have its run up and therefore has way more room to run still like you said because of market cap um link is also unleashing new coins into the market with the staking program so there's some increase in circulating supply there as well but i think like when the attention comes um, a lot of money flows into these coins and the tokenomics and stuff, you know, you know, whether it even matters or not is debatable. So that's, that's the thing. I wouldn't overthink the, 
the supply issues. Now, the supply issues may have a lot more to do with how much it dumps afterwards. Can I just throw one thing in to, to answer Drew's question? So just imagine if the supply is just like crazy um, larger in a short amount of time, what, what happens is the fit level stay the same, they just shift. So everything just moves like a, a one level down, basically, right? So the prices will be still in the people's brains, but it won't go there, if that makes sense, right? It won't go to the prior highs, maybe. It just shifts the whole thing like a step down on the on the fib ladder. Yeah, you could argue that like if there's a supply issue of some kind, that yeah, you would just maybe it doesn't go as high on the fibs. Yeah, that's possible. Um, fib levels tend to form resistances no matter what because like that's just what traders use. So like you, you know, but are you going to break to these higher um, extensions or not? It depends. Like again, do you believe the narrative that Solana is like the next ETH? And it's that big of a deal. I'm not so sure I'm convinced Solana is that great. Now, maybe someone here can tell me more about Solana that I'm not sure about. Like, but I, like to me, like if as a Solana owner, it's like if I buy it, I bought it like 103 or something. And right now Solana is sitting at 97. Like if I'm going to sell this thing, I would be really, really comfortable selling it about $200. Um, you know, and that would put Solana at like what? 80 bill to 90 bill market cap. So yeah, beyond crazy. that, like, you you know, who the fuck knows how high it'll go, but like, do you really want to ride that, you know, ride that thing all the way to the top? You know, that's just, who knows where that's going to be. Well, they have a good VC marketing team, that's for sure. They're going to use it, right? These meme coins yeah. are popping off on there too. I mean, they've got a lot of, a lot of uh, like meme effect. I mean, like Bozo, you know, Bozo exploded with, um, you have uh, Bonk, obviously, right? I mean, I mean. It's it's kind of driving traffic to that narrative, I think. Yeah, who knows? I mean, the the yeah, they have a good combination of things that seem to have garnered, garnered attention. That's the thing. Um, and there are like right curve type things, like nuances of how Link works and shit. That you know, it may not generate as much mimetic buzz or whatever, and that can you know be a detriment sometimes. So. Yeah, but at the same time, like I think, is it very, very feasible for um, even with any excess supply out in the market for Chainlink to reach its prior high? Yeah, sure, of course. I mean, and we're already like a third of the way there, so making it there is not particularly hard, assuming that we have a proper bull market. Now, that's anybody's guess, though. Like you know, the always the assumption is, oh yeah, we're in a bull market. And there's going to be a bull market, bull market, bull market, bull market. But like, is it really going to happen the way it did last cycle? with like a lot of leverage platforms having gotten their butt kicked, a lot of institutional um, slash like hedge fund types having gotten their butt kicked, and a lot of people having gone bankrupt, you know, can these things reach the same highs and with the economy and everything else and who the fuck, else, you know, like you have, you never really know for sure. So the thing is like, um, you know, one rational strategy is if you're not sure is like, run to like some sort of rational numbers and get the fuck out of the market. That's the other option. Like don't even worry about these weird, like, you know, super high, you know, when is the next high and how high is it going to go? That kind of shit. Um, there's no guarantee you're going to reach any of those levels necessarily. Um, but it's kind of a PVP system in a sense. Like if you were to say, okay, like of all the, you know, chains out there, um, if some, if a bunch of new cash flow is going to come, 
into the market, where is that cash flow going to run? And the presumption is always that retail is going to go into oftentimes stuff that they know. And they're going to log in, you know, the boomers and whoever, they're going to log into their Coinbase app or whatever. And they're going to see the top coins. And, oh, I'm going to buy a little bit of this and this. And they just like pick names that they think are interesting. Uh, maybe they'll do some research. Maybe they won't. Most people just spam the some random purchases and then just sit tight. <laughs> um, so the, the top stuff tends to get a lot of the um, money flows when the newbies show up because it's just like easy to buy that stuff. People don't go like all the way to DeFi, right? Like newbies are going to grab the stuff that they can easily find on some exchange. And um, they oftentimes just hold it on the exchange as well. They don't even move it off to wallets or play in DeFi. But like speaking of supply, I mean, looking at like Adam right now, it's still at its first fib off the bottom at $9.10, right? So like, um, you know, this is an example of like, maybe supply is the problem, <laughs> possibly. Or I've made the point too, that with Adam, like, fuck, like, like who's paying attention to Adam at this point? And nobody's paying attention because nobody's talking about it. Nobody's shilling it. Like nobody is um, like, you know, what is there to say about it? You know, there's no, and it's not even, it's not the interchain core money either. So I don't know. I think it looks to me that, um, you know, Chainlink is accomplishing what, IBC Adam intended to do, but Chainlink's able to do it at a level that makes more sense to me in the sense that like you can have CCIP native circle um, USDC. You can't have IBC native. Um, you, you can't have IBC native uh, circle coins unless circle were to run their own chain. Uh, CCIP just creates a layer zero where truly there's an entirely separate liquidity pool between the different chains, which, and this is not what IBC does. IBC allows chains to speak to each other and you could have a liquidity pool in between them, like for example, osmosis, but, um, having a credibly neutral liquidity layer like CCIP makes sense because then now you can, you're not in competition with the the chains that you want to have implement your shit. So if uh, Arbitrum implements CCIP, which it's doing, um, it doesn't have to see CCIP as a competitor in a, in a way. Like, and so the, the, everything that I felt like was bullish about IBC, um, if you're bullish about that, you should be more bullish about what Chainlink's doing so far. And that was kind of my worry is that um, people have sort of lost sight about that um, and, and haven't really made like Adam front and center. So like, if you think about like the top 100 projects, you have, you have a bunch of them that are Cosmos chains. You have Ethereum and Ethereum layer two stuff, right? Like the top 100 is mostly filled with these types of things. And then um, you've got, especially in the top 150. And then, you know, beyond that, you have um, um, like, so, so of those, what, what actually has really, really like world changing potential, like only some fraction of things. Chainlink has that, um, like people have gotten bored of Ethereum to some extent, so they're pumping Solana, um, XRP with the recent sort of FUD. Um, I think XRP, someone pointed out it has a reasonable chart, but like, you know, and people have always seemed to buy XRP for some reason, but at the same time, it's like, like, is it gonna, is there anything that they're doing is world changing at this point? Nothing that I can see. I mean, the entire tech stack that they've worked on is old at this point. Yeah. And I don't know that 
they've solved for anything. Tavier, are you talking about the um, the hack? Was, was well, that was yeah. The founders lost some money because their their coins got oh. stolen. And then I was I was gonna say I think your breakdown of Link and then all the coins that have a market cap above it and what what they're up to, which we did last night, I think was the space. <laughs> That was that shit was hilarious. Like you, I think you have to drop early, but like, I would love like that. Like, that's yeah, we, case we for can, chain link. Yeah, let's let's like let's look through the the top market cap things real quick just to see like what is valued relative to what for just a minute. Um, so let's kind of uh, pull them up here. So okay, number one's Bitcoin, of course. Number two is Ethereum. Um, Ethereum is at two hundred and seventy six mil market cap at the moment. Tether is at 96 million market cap, which is substantial growth, by the way, from the 80 mil that it used to be um, during the bear market or even 70, 75 mil and below. And so it's grown considerably. And Tether just posted its earnings. They made like $2 billion. They made more than fucking JP Morgan did. <laughs> so crypto is not going anywhere. That's for fuck sure. And Tether sure as fuck isn't going anywhere. They're making a fuck ton of money. This These kind of like concerns that maybe like Tether is, you know, you know, like insolvent or who knows what, like this simply is not the case at this point. They made a ton okay. of money off these short-term just, treasures. Just one thing that people forget. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about market cap, no, that's US dollars. The rest are market caps, right? These USDT figures and these USDC figures, they are cash somewhere or another, right? Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Just it's, like it's, it's, it's by and large backed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the reason why Tether doesn't have any incentive to screw around is they're making like free money literally off of the treasury bond, treasury interest that's coming off of that. And um, yeah, they're they're subject to some inflation and whatever. But the reason why Tether's going to do well is because they don't have they have to take very little risk. And a lot of the Tether never gets redeemed. They literally are handing out coins that are never going to come back, and nobody's going to ask for cash back for that money because it's like. All that tether is stuck somewhere in people's wallets. It's stuck in DeFi protocols. It's stuck in um, centralized exchanges for liquidity providers or whoever. The reality is a vast majority of that tether is not going to be remitted for dollars. So that's like free money for them that they can play with. They can just go invest on your behalf and keep all of the interest from the bond yields or whatever the fuck they're using. And they, they actually were not exposed as much to long-term bonds like a lot of the banks were. They were more heavily into short-term bonds. They didn't get a lot of this, like, they didn't get caught off sides on the bond market, apparently. At least that's my understanding. So Tether is interesting. So and then there's, like, BNB is 46 billion chain. Um, BNB has been priced substantially higher than this in the past. Um, BNB, I think, has suffered from definite negativity because of CZ. Um, it's suffered from negativity... Um, due to, um, yeah, like concerns about, you know, Binance's shenanigans and their sovereign, I mean, their solvency and everything else. Um, now, does that mean that Binance is bad? Not necessarily, but we also don't know that Binance is good either. And as I don't know for sure, like maybe there's a bunch of stuff on Binance Smart Chain that's really good. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I haven't heard a lot of buzz about anything happening on BNB. Their um, price at the bottom of the bear market was 186, and BNB is currently trading at 300 dollars right now. The top for that is about 668. And you could see that potentially um, you know doubling up and hitting prior high again. 
but like a lot of money has to flow into BNB to pump that thing to a three X, you know, you'd have to get like, you'd have to go to a market cap of like 120 billion or whatever. No, not 120, like, um, like 130 plus billion dollar market cap, which would put it like half the way up to Ethereum's level right now. It's possible, but at the same time, like, you know, the return on investment's not that great. And there's risks involved, not so much because BNB the chain is going to have a problem, but because, you know, it's like reputational risk because of CZ and whatever. Well, the thing is basically uh, CZ is done for, right? I mean, he's out of the company. He's just waiting yeah, for he's out of the thing. And and right now the guys who are running this this enterprise they're basically listening to whatever the SEC or DOJ mm -hmm. is telling them right so you don't expect any price action coming out of that because no one's gonna <laughs> dare yeah. to do something yeah who it's knows like, and, and Chainlink is about a, a five x from BNB still so plenty yeah. of room to move as far as speculative um, I think it's, it's like. It's almost like Coinbase now to me. Binance is like, yeah, well, it's a solid exchange, mm -hmm. but nothing will come from the token. That's what I'm saying. Don't think yeah. Much mm -hmm. And, you know, even BNB has a lot of competitors now. You have Solana, you have um, Arbitrum, you have Optimism and all these things. Tons of layer two chains in the, in the top brand names where, you know, they're going to have competition from all these things, not to mention the whole host of Cosmos chains that are essentially competition as well. So, so many competitors for layer ones to me like the layer ones simply are competing with each other and they're all competing for the same attention and the same money so that puts bnb and solana in the same basket solana has like hearts and minds this season for whatever reason um which is you know a plus side obviously so i think solana will have plenty of room to run if everything runs um and will probably out like in terms of market cap top, it may do better than, say, for example, uh, Chainlink. Because, like, if you get a 2x on Solana from here, you're at 80 bill market cap. Uh, and it's been, like, Solana's been to higher than that. I think it could get to 100 bill market cap, no sweat, I think, getting to its prior high. Chainlink, on the other hand, if it did the same thing, it'd be a 10x from here. So that's just a much better, like, multiple if, uh, if it runs. Bands, you were going to say something? Yes, I kind of have a question. Mm -hmm. you know i'm not like as wealthy as y'all so i'm gonna like use big numbers but if you had twenty thousand dollars to throw at a project or you you had to you had twenty thousand dollars and you could only put it on one project what project would that be and i'd like it if all the speakers answered i'm kind of curious um i pretty much already did that bands um the one project no, just, I just, yeah, the, just the most the money in yeah the one I put the most money in right now is clearly Chainlink, without question. Like there's truly the very season. I mean, are we just talking hmm? seasonal, or are we talking like all time, like all time investment? Or are we just talking for this season? Um, this is the most I put in in a long time into anything specific. Like, uh, oh, okay. Like I have right. more in Chainlink now than I've had in most things ever. So that's a lot. <laughs> like, so, um, so yeah, my conviction with it is substantial for Chainlink specifically. Um, for things like, remember, this is something that I believe A, won't go to zero, so I can put a lot of money in it. B, I feel like the downside, 
um, like risk is relatively limited in terms of price action, you know, based on how much it's consolidated and whatever else, right? So like it's at like 17 bucks right now. If it went back down to 12, which is my average, you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I don't think it's going to go much lower than that, even if it did. Okay. In fact, so, so like, in we... fact, I think the future bull market low for Chainlink will probably be like around 30 bucks, probably, if not higher. So the future bull that's, market low even is higher bold. than the current price still. So I think it's still really, really, um, it's, it, you're still in really good shape here. Now, having said that, I bought it like an average of 12. I think I bought it seven and I bought a whole bunch more at like 15 or something. So it's like 12 average. So take that for what it's worth. So I'm in the green for sure already. So I don't need you to like pump my bags or whatever. My point is like, now, is no, this the I, highest I, I return? Kind of, no, I don't want you, I, I, I'm kind of curious because I said yeah. all the speakers. So I'm kind of and curious. And by the way, this is not, this is not like. Benz, this is not something that I'm saying because, like, I believe this is the highest return on investment possible. I'm not saying that at all. No, no. People, I, people be like, oh, you, it, it, you know, something else is going to go up more. <laughs> of course. Like, a lot of microcaps will pump a lot more than this will. So, like, you have to decide with your, let's say, 20K or whatever it is, you'd have to decide, wait a minute, am I in it for safety? Like, what kind of return would I want? Do I want something I can sleep at night with, or do I want something that's just like guns blazing? It'll do the most multiples possible. Yeah, a, a perfect example of that would be the fact that I have more Zeph than Link, but Link is without question the token exactly. that I have the most confidence in. I feel like an right. idiot for that, but it's it's also because I got to get out of this job. So <laughs> right, right. No, I mean I have a lot of Zeph too. Like you know, so I have enough to where like if Zeph performs like I think it will, it'll probably outperform my Chainlink bag, but I'll have to have with less money. So, you know, that's a, that's the thing. Like I'm not putting equivalent amounts of money because Zeph can run a lot more in theory. Right. So that's why I'd rather have like, but at the same time, it's going to have a lot more volatility. And if I have to be able to use my money for something, like I need to sell my chain link or whatever, mm, I don't want to be subjected to a lot more downside at this moment. That's more straightforward. So the risk reward you have to pay attention to, depending on what your investment thesis is. If it's money that you don't give a shit about because you're like, if it goes to zero, if it goes to zero, fine, whatever. Then you can go to much smaller market caps and like ape into stuff that will, you know, 2x overnight usually, right? Like you don't, you don't have to wait. Like there's stuff that 2x and 3x is all the time that has already pulled back a lot. In fact, there's quite a few of those. We can cover those in a bit. Um, Thanks, but anyway, to, if to you guys. your so, question though, yeah. most of the people yeah. you're going to find, and so since Kareem already left. I'll just speak on his behalf. But most of the people you're going to find in these these spaces have already drunk the Kool Aid for Link, and there's really good reason for that. I mean, if you see what they're doing, I, I mean, it's oh no, I I'm not yeah. I'm not argue. I, I have no yes. problem with Link. I've I've watched a lot of their videos. I've paid attention. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's yes. the only token Tindemann, with Tindemann, legitimate real says, world asset narrative, and it's it's, it's I mean, a, of all the the interoperability solutions, it's the most likely one to have institutional investment because of the infrastructure that they're building. I mean, it's it's far and away the, the best project they've they've done the most uh, with it from a, a like legitimate professional standpoint of, of any project out there. So I, I, if I were going to be bullish on anything, I'd be bullish on Link for sure. And then like just go just going down this list a little bit because we have like Noob's question was, or um, Kareem was like, "Hey, what do you think about the, you know, top twenty coins or whatever, and you know, or twenty thirty coins?" 
like what else has like real potential and you know maybe like some of the same narrative is held by the xrp people which is like we're going to connect different banks together or whatever um but the problem with xrp is um and the similar problem was true of linked in the past but like the token wasn't needed for anything like you know ripple made ripple labs or whoever they're called they they made a bunch of deals with different companies different banks to connect their coin in the back end it doesn't create really substantial demand for the coin necessarily as an automatic side effect and therefore like it's more mimetic effects that drive the xrp token price and the only reason it's in the top 7 in my mind is because it's been around a long time and you know because it's a billionaire that runs in the background it's possible to kind of keep pumping the thing um and that's you know that could be bullish like you know that could that's its own sort of plus side i guess by having like a well-funded back-end team uh that are not that are suffering for money that's a plus side but um is anything like is anything that xrp doing coming to fruition and affecting the token anytime soon not that i'm aware of but i don't keep that close tabs on it and it's at 28 billion market cap whereas links at 9.8 so like even if it we get a triple in link which would put it still short of its all-time high you're still south of the price of xrp in market cap so i think that's the reason why if i was like choosing between xrp and Chainlink for some reason I, I wouldn't be but if i was like just purely on speculation i would still pick Chainlink from a market cap perspective um, it's harder to make xrp go to 100 billion again which it has been in the past it's got a lot of overhead resistance at those price levels um so it, it would make me nervous um then we have number six is usdc which is at 26.7 bill market cap you have uh, lido staked eth or st eth which is at 21 billion market cap that's just like another part of ethereum's market cap in a sense then you have cardano at number nine 17 billion market cap and i'll be damned if Chainlink is not more useful than cardano i mean jesus christ I mean, it's a reasonable decentralized chain. I mean, absolutely. Chain. I mean, absolutely. Don't be silly. <laughs> it's the it's a decentralized chain. It has like, you know, in that sense, it has some um, monetary value from the perspective of store of value. Um, so there's nothing necessarily wrong with like Cardano as a store of value a type of thing. It ran heavy on like this sort of like academic narrative last season um and it has like, like let me see what it's done so last season's top was three dollars and eleven cents its bottom during the bear market was 20 cents which is a pretty substantial let me see what kind of pullback that was real quick um because that the depth of those pullbacks is important so yeah it pulled back 92.8 percent just like ethereum did in the early days um chain pulled back about 91 percent from the top just as a reference and um, right now, the current price from the top for Cardano is, um, let's see, it's it made it up to like 77% from the top. And right now, it's at 50 cents. So the only thing I, I know about Cardano is as soon as you mention some African country, buy. It's <laughs> even Ghana or something. We're going to save, you know, West Africa, then buy, buy Cardano. No, um, so Cardano's thing is like it ran heavily on um, just like Charles Hoskinson's Pumpamentals. Um, this year, you have so many more coins that have garnered more attention, like, you know, there's, you know, Tia garnered attention, uh, Say Network got some attention, 
Um, you have Kajira, God Attention. You have... Um, Sefi, um, yeah. can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. So as far as cloud computing mm -hmm. and, and using it to mine other coins, uh -huh. do you think it's worth it? Like, is it worth it to use? I, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting 100%, but is it worth it to use cloud computing to mine other um, coins if you can't? I'm not, I'm not sure because when you mine, um, when you use CPU mining on like Akash or some of these networks, it's not really clear what hardware you're getting. So like it'll say, you know, I'm, I'm getting 32 cores. I'm getting such and such, you know, memory space. What you don't know is how good the hardware it's running on. Um, so yeah, the hash rate that you're actually achieving is something you don't understand until after you run it. So that's the problem with it. Yeah, which isn't really a problem, Steffi, because if you just spool up the thing, it costs a couple of cents, you run it for a couple of minutes and you see the hash rate. It's yeah. just like it's overpriced. It doesn't really make sense to, to do it. Sometimes there are people that they give up their CPUs for a really low price, but uh, yeah, it's like winning the lottery. The, well, the plus Only. side is you don't have to buy any hardware. So that, you know, yeah. you, you it, have it's, to consider. It's really a big loss, you know. I mean, it's not working on the cash for CPU mining at all, you know. It's okay. like, it's really bad. It's really bad. Right. So but anyway, I hope yeah. for that. Uh, yeah, it, there may be some possibilities to cloud mine things, but I doubt it. Um, and and those things nice probably hash, won't last long. If you go to nice hash and rent some something, it's I mean it's also clouding, cloud yeah, computing, yeah. right? Yeah, you that can works. It. Yeah, but a mm, Anyway, yeah. So um, let's see what else here. Um, yeah. So if you go down the list of so the Cardanos of the world. Again, like, what's their narrative for the season? Like, I'm not aware that they have one. Exactly. Um, have you got, if you guys have seen any hype regarding Cardano all the years? I'm just, like, looking at, like, where is cash going to flow? Not necessarily, like, is the project dead or alive and all that shit. The reality is, like, whatever in the top 50 gets the most attention social media-wise, whatever, you're going to get cash flow there. Similar to Solana, I think um, Avalanche users tend to be fairly avid. And um, they, I don't know who even uses Avalanche exactly. Like, I don't, like, I'm not sure who's buying this thing, but like, clearly it's maintained a 12 billion market cap somehow. Uh, Doge is at 11. It's at like eight cents. It's actually priced pretty good right here. But will it generate the attention? Um, I think anyone who's buying Doge is probably buying it because they want to get a multiple and get out. I don't know that anyone really is buying Doge because it's going to be the money of the world anymore. So like that was kind of the, the fun narrative last season. Um, it hasn't caught much of a bid so far this season, and maybe it pumps if X includes it on the platform as a form of money or if like the satellites launch and all that shit. Maybe it gets a 2 or 3X or something like that. Um, but is Doge going to go back to prior high? I mean, it takes a lot of money to move Dogecoin to $100 billion. And I don't know that there's a... I don't know that there's that kind of flow to take it back to prior high. I could be totally wrong on this shit. I was wrong about Dogecoin last season. Um, had no idea it would pump to the level it did or that it would keep its market cap at above 10 billion, which is crazy. But I think it's a lot easier now for Chainlink to flip all of these things, Avalanche, Dogecoin, Cardano, uh, and XRP. Um, probably can't flip Solana because Solana is at 42 bill market cap, but everything else above, it probably can do so. In fact, Chainlink just flipped Polkadot already um, by about a billion dollars. So um, 
polka dot, I don't, again, it, like apparently it works. I don't hear a whole lot of discussion about how good it is or how good the user experience is. Someone around here has got to go on polka dot and fucking play on there and tell me some, like, does this do anything? We need like a spy to go to the, <laughs> to go to polka dot. I mean, a spy to go to Cardano to find out like, does that shit even work? Um, and does it, is it fun to play on there? Are there good, you know, good things to do on that, those chains or not? Um, I'm not so sure. Um, then Polygon is, uh, like, oh, Tron was number 12. I don't know very much about Tron and how many things are happening there. There are definitely people that use it though. Um, there are some random people that do NFT things on there, whatever. It's at 10 billion market cap. Um, I think Chainlink is clearly worth more than any of these individual layer ones because it's not a layer one. It's basically a layer one connector at this point. It's basically a link between blockchains. And I think it's such a unique thing that is not copied by XRP. XRP does not connect blockchains, um, doesn't do any of that shit. Um, IBC, while it does connect blockchains, it does so mainly for things that want specific IBC connectivity, and it doesn't have a separate liquidity layer necessarily that's um, like, there's not an IBC sort of like world where you just live in the IBC space. So it um, is it so link is does a little bit more than IBC does as well, and then um, like what else is up here? Polygon is number fifteen. Um, layer twos are basically having competition with each other because you have Matic, you have Arbitrum, you have Optimism, at least three different ETH related layer twos, and that's resulting in all sorts of fucked up fragmentation where not only is the user base fragmenting between these two these different little mini L twos. But those L2s are getting busy. And when they get busy, they're not scalable. They're slow also. So that's a funny problem to have. Um, and then the, the third thing is, besides effect, this fragmentation, is the, the various primitives on those um, layer twos are specific to the layer two. So for example, you don't normally just send like USDC from Matic over to USDC and Arbitrum. They're two different USDCs and stuff. So it's like, Cross L2 transactions are getting weird. Um, and I don't know how, how, like, how happy people are with that exactly. So, yeah, a lot, lot of interesting things. And then TonCoin, which is T-O-N, which is the, what is it? The T-O-N is like the community-run coin of Telegram, I believe, or some shit. Like, it used to be run by Telegram, but then became community. And that's, like, number 16. That's a little bit different, I guess, if you want to have unique exposure to something slightly more unusual, but um, you know, I don't know that that's going anywhere. Wrapped Bitcoin, I don't know if it's going to go dramatically higher market cap. I suppose it could if people are using WBTC in DeFi, um, or if BTC's price goes up, of course, the market cap would rise. Um, but then so would everything else. Um, Internet computers, number 18. I don't know what they're accomplishing lately, but they're at 5.4 billion market cap. Um, even Shiba Inu is at 19, Litecoin at 20. Um, and whatnot. So like, if you look at how many things are going to creep up from behind and flip Chainlink, um, I don't see too many that are look like an immediate flip that wouldn't otherwise be um, like outpaced by Chainlink to begin with. But yeah, I mean, I think like on the whole, like of all the different things in the higher market cap stuff, um, it seems like a relatively low risk, high narrative potential type of thing. Like, I think like at these prices, like for example, Litecoin is super low risk. It's only at $68, $67.50. It's super low risk. Um, you know, and things like Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, 
uh, Ethereum Classic. All of these things will tend to run in a bull market, but um, you know, is anyone going to really be talking about these things on YouTube or on Twitter or anywhere else? The answer is probably no. Like you'll see a people, you know, like maybe post about it when it's running because they're happy that their bags are going up. But are a bunch of people buying Ethereum Classic right now in anticipation of some sort of pump? I don't know about that. That's super dubious. Like, you know, so I think the problem in the in the lower chains is like it's a mixture of dino coins with a lot of resistance or a mixture of, um, you know, different um, like projects that, you know, maybe not many people are talking about. Um, Even Monero actually just picked up in the last last um, week. It went up seven percent to three billion market cap again which is bullish for Zephyr too, by the way. Um, if privacy catches a bid, Zephyr catches a bid. Uh, hell, it's probably the same users anyway, a lot of them, because they're probably Monero community that came over. Um, let's see, Injective made it to number 30 at 3 billion market cap right now. Um, is it going to keep running? It has interesting me- mechanisms, some burn narratives, some other shit. It might run substantially Zephyr. higher. I've got mm-hmm. to go in a second, but I just sure. wanted to drop something, some bullish notes here on on Chainlink and the future. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm into research, academic research uh, for some reasons. And, and I'm watching all these companies from how much they're interwoven into the research and academia, right? Field and Chainlink is one of the few things that really are active in this field. Like if you go mm-hmm. to research data, wherever there's a lot of references to the Chainlink white paper. And to the people that wrote that white paper. So last year they came out with this new white paper, the V2 version, and it's got 136 pages, you know. No, it's not mm-hmm. it's, it's earlier, it was before 22, I think, but it's 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 one of the most extensive writs that are out there in the blockchain technology, right? Oh so yeah. This this is clearly something that smart people really invest a lot of labor and obviously money into. Yeah. And it's 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 it takes time for these things to actually bear fruits right so it's not just if you take about real world utility shit takes time you have to build regulations around it and whatnot to make it use right put it on to real use without wrecking people right but it's definitely a good bet and Chainlink is coordinating with very regulated industries so that there is that element that you could argue that like to some extent whatever ripple has done to some extent, they're attempting the same thing. But um, I, I think if you look at it from a holistic picture, Chainlink just has a lot more interesting like components to their ecosystem that benefit blockchains. And I like the network effect too. Like there's, yeah, there's the academic stuff, like you said, and the, the, the citations and things that emerge from that. But there's also this um, network effect that comes from connecting a bunch of blockchains together. So every blockchain that's TCI, I'm sorry, CCIP enabled, um, which is the, you know, the chain link cross chain protocol, you know, that, you know, all of those chains are basically benefiting from this, this, from chain link. And so there's no reason for those chains that connect chain link to FUD chain link, because that's how they, they're going to connect to each other. So if anything, like all the other projects are more destined to, say the benefits of Chainlink to their friends and colleagues, as opposed to the negatives, I think. Yeah, the little bit of liquidity that Chainlink is gonna steal from them is of no concern for the benefits that they have, right? Oh, of course, yeah, that's the thing. 
Yeah, so um, that's basically uh, they are not in competition because almost all the other things are more or less in competition, which is other right. And if it's just for the price and the, <laughs> and the price action, right? Yeah, um, Chainlink ultimately like the coin gets value if more Oracle node networks get built, and there's like staking and fees and stuff that accrue there. And you know, most of the other blockchains are not in the business of creating Oracle networks because an Oracle network cannot be done with like just you know it's not a blockchain concept it's just not how you accomplish this so you know they're not competition and the the interesting thing also is that like i think what um i think xrp was trying to do the same thing but ultimately a layer zero really needs an oracle system at its core if you really think about what Chainlink has done having that oracle system at the core allows price feeds to basically like permeate that system and have accurate um like cross-chain swaps and things with assets without losing track of like what the actual um transactional value is because because blockchains have natural delays between them so when your money is like hiding in the ccp ccip like you know underbrush or whatever the, the layer zero you want to make sure that any transactions that happen between them are at the current price levels and having yes. oracles independently it's helps solve that consensus issue that satoshi yep. described right so it's like the price that... consensus yeah you need you need price consensus not just the finality and whatnot and it looks like not an interesting the, approach the amount consensus right that's what we get mm. from the legends in the blockchain but we don't get prices it just transfers however many tokens from this for that there's no consensus on the prices yeah, Unless exactly. It, within the within the mind block, right? So we might have that in, within the mind block consensus there, but that's <laughs> and that's where the <laughs> the problem starts, right? So that's where most hacks actually engage with if they screw with the price consensus. The yeah, exploits. price. Yeah, there's Oracle exploits and there's also bridge exploits, um, both of which you solve for if you have a um, like a system specifically designed as a layer zero. But if I don't know why, but Chainlink doesn't usually call themselves a layer zero. Although, like for all intents and purposes, it's basically like a layer zero with an Oracle system attached. Yeah, probably just doesn't make sense to to market yourself this way and create unnecessary friction, right, from other blockchains and or whatever. Yeah, or people just don't know what a layer zero is, so they're like, why, why even use that terminology? One thing for sure, CCIP will, will make it way harder for North Korea to make money. <laughs> what on Mevin stuff or what? Yeah, it's, it's gonna be more difficult, you know. If you yeah, have yeah. Consensus mechanisms built in, so it's good for the overall security as well. So it's not just it's not just for the price action, but this will actually make it more. You know, nobody wants that shit. Honestly, you know, you don't want that kind of FTX deadling around with money that they don't do, that doesn't belong to them. And Chainly could have fixed that, right? <laughs> That's what this yep. thing is made for. Anyway. Look like, so looks like a new, yep. See you later. Um, it looks like a new NFT platform was attached to CCIP, um, which is called Micro Three. Um, I'm looking at it right now to see what they have there. But basically, when you have um, one of the things Chainlink does, it has a it has a cross chain infrastructure for NFTs, so that if you are tied into sort of like this nft layer you can basically buy and sell nfts from that particular protocol anywhere um, that also has ccip integration so really 
I think it's going to be a, there's going to be a strong reason for, um, oh yeah, here, here we go. So micro three has integrated Chainlink CCIP. They integrated Chainlink data feeds, Chainlink verifiable randomness and automation. So they've incorporated quite a lot. Pretty cool website, actually. App.micro3micro3.io. And it shows you all the different components. And there's like Micro3 with Arbitrum. And, you know, it shows you kind of like how these different CCIP things are connected. And you have all these different. mm, Let's see. um, Here is a revenue sharing NFT. Well, the Bull Run Chronicles. Um, let's see. And it looks like you would pay in BNB tokens in this example. Mm, I'm trying to see like what's on here. So I guess this must be a BNB-based chain of some kind. Celebrate the successful cal- collaboration of Micro3 and Arbitrum with our exclusive NFT launch. Every NFT Micro3x Arbitrum you own transforms into a generous reward of 500M3G. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, there's some cross-chain um, NFT integrations that are happening on this particular platform using CCIP, um, using the Chainlink um, connectivity system. So yeah, they've they've incorporated four separate um, of the seven Chainlink products into their connectivity. Pretty cool stuff. So I think a lot of this is really going to escalate over time. I do believe there's going to be dApps that are built specifically that weren't initially CCIP, new NFT platforms will be built, new um, uh, integrations with CCIP that are totally CCIP native from the very beginning. And that's really interesting. So um, like the way you should think of Chainlink CCIP is that when you have this running, you don't even care what the hell is happening on your native blockchain. Like think about that for a minute. Like let's say you're an NFT project and you're on CCIP. You can get customers from anywhere using any wallet that's capable of running it. You don't need to worry about like your NFT project is only being purchased by you know people on your particular blockchain or whatever. So there's a lot of network effects from from Chainlink for Chainlink coming that uh, I don't think have materialized yet. Um. So anyway, let's see what happened with the price action today. Um. So, um. So basically on December, late December, I think it was 27th or something like that. Let's see. Yeah, December 28th, uh, Chainlink had a local top of about 17.65. Right now it's at 17.1. And basically all eyes are on on that to see if like, does it finally break this range um, that it's been sitting in um, like for the last, you know, really since November. Um, in November 10th, we hit like 1650 and we've been going like sideways for the past several months. And now it's like time for a potential break. Um, like I said earlier, NASDAQ and some other things are doing fine because of some of the earnings reports. So right now there's not a lot of like, uh, concerns of any kind of like obvious general market crash. So I think we've got room for, for link to run. And I think it'll run a couple of fibs to about, um, 3160 is my guess. Uh, we're at 1701 right now. Um, so what am I going to do once it reaches that level? I'm, I'm like, I'll probably figure it out by the time we get there. But like, um, 
I was wondering if I was going to sell some there at about thirty-one fifty-seven. Uh, pay the taxes on that because it's more longer-term capital gains anyway, and then maybe cycle that into something that has not run yet, like Zephyr or some other thing. So I might I might cycle a little bit, um, but um, otherwise probably just leave most of the link bag. Maybe I won't. I might just leave the rest. May leave the link bag till it reaches at least all-time high, if not higher, um, and just leave it alone. Pretty low risk position anyway. Um, but the next fib level up from prior high for Chainlink would be 102, which um, goes with the Chainlink to $100 meme. So I think this cycle, the odds of reaching sort of that like $100 level are pretty good. So, um, and then if it has like, goes the next fib up, it's 139. And then if it does like an ETH run like 2021 Ethereum, then it's going to go to like 234. Um, I don't know if it's going to do any of that shit. I'm just pointing out, like, if it does something like Ethereum. Um, anyway, I, I think, like, there's enough things happening at Chainlink that it could have, like, some sort of ETH-like giga run. It really depends on how aggressively the Chainlink team keeps pumping out content and uh, how many new integrations are happening in CCIP. But so far, we've had, like, one, if not two posts out of the Chainlink main account on Twitter pretty much per day of something or another either being incorporated or some sort of like, I don't know, marketing. So definitely the Chainlink account is doing serious marketing now. And that's a that's a bullish sign to me because historically people had a hard time, the, the public had a hard time understanding why they want to buy this token. And I think they're doing a better job educating people and that's important. Um, so it seems like they're spending some some sort of marketing budget to do that. Hire, they probably have someone hired to keep posting shit. Um, let's see. So, yeah, if you weren't here earlier, I was mentioning that basically, like, uh, um, Chainlink began its run in Oct early October. The other coins that also ran around that time were Rune, R-U-N-E. That might be worth looking at because it's had a pretty good pullback and is starting to sort of pick up some steam. And then after that, um, along that same period as Chainlink was Kajira. It hasn't run yet. It's still sort of done a pullback and sitting there at $3, um, which is exactly like on a FIB level. Um, and then um, the other um, thing that ran around this time was about a month later was Zephyr. Uh, and that chart's looking better and better, sort of flattening out a little bit. Um, of course, like um, all of the total three, which is all of the altcoins minus Ethereum, all sort of ran together. To a large extent, so like there's not that much difference between these, but I think one by one you'll see that like, oh look, Chainlink's running, and then you know this one will run and that one will run. Um, you know you have to be really careful with chasing though. Like I'm going to sell this one, I'm going to go buy that one. You, you want to be careful, especially because you have to make sure you set aside money for taxes. Um, don't blow your entire <laughs> load unless you have tax money. Um, you know into the next project without considering that possibility. Um, let's see what else. Um, you mind if I uh, ask a couple of dumb questions? I don't want to change Dude. gears too much on you. No, go ahead. But, uh, um, Zephyr, how much of the price action do you think is because of, uh, um, how much has been mined, right? So like, like an additional supply from mining. I mean, the volume is pretty heavy there for a while. And I assumed maybe it was because of miners. 
Mm. Um, Tough to say. Um, You know, there there were probably people that mined early, like starting in the summer, and they saw the thing moon and eventually sold some of it. Um, But like, it's really hard to say, man. Like, if you think about it, like Zephyr has pulled back what eighty percent from the top. Like something what? Like that. Like yeah. What doesn't pull back eighty percent from the top? Like it doesn't matter what tokenomics something has. Things things do that all the time, right? So really tough to say that means anything. Um, so far as token supply, because what we don't know is like how much of the mine supply is actually being sold. A lot of people might just be hodling it. No way to really tell. Yeah, I'd be one of them. Um, the other question, and this one's definitely off topic. Um, might be really dumb. I'm sure there are a lot of a lot of devs listening who think I'm an idiot, but um, Coinly, I've never used Coinly before. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm on a bunch of uh, uh, sexes that I have to VPN into, like Bybit and CoinX and MaxC. Right. If I if I link Coinly up to them, does does any of my actual like does my tax location feed back through the API to those sexes and, and give away my location? It might be a little bit of paranoia. Yeah. I was wondering the same thing, um, actually, like, so, um, my Coinly was connected to, um, in particular to KuCoin from like last year or something. Yeah. And when I reinstated my KuCoin, I started getting a bunch of messages from KuCoin just this like last few days saying, Uh um, like, you know, uh, we don't service your area, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So, you know, it's maybe it's because Coinly's API is trying to log into there. I don't really know for sure. I don't have anything left on Coinly one way or the other. So I just sort of ignored all those messages, to be honest with you. But I don't need my Coinly to connect to, to there anymore anyway. Now with MexC in particular, which is where a lot of coins are now, I wouldn't even try to connect Coinly. The, the API integration blows. It, it, it like haven't tried it, only, it yet. So. It's terrible. It goes back like a week or something. It's nonsense. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, it's useless. So all you got to do in that one is um, follow Coinly's instructions explicitly because it's very exact. Um, what's weird about Mexi's export for um, you know Excel files or whatever, they're very like, there's one for the trading account, there's one for the futures account, and there's one for the like wallets. You have to export three separate things. If you don't have futures, that part doesn't matter to you, but you'd have to export two separate things and then import each of those into Coinly as a separate thing. But it shows you instructions yeah. on the Coinly side how to do it. Yeah, I guess that's the safer route. But but, fo- but follow it to the letter. Well, it's not even a safe route. It's the only route because like I couldn't get the, the API, API to work shit. anyway. Yeah, yeah, the API was shit. So, but it worked well. The the and all you do is make sure you label your your Excel file or whatever by the date that you downloaded it, so you don't. So next time you can just carry on from that same date. Yeah, it's tax season, man. This is uh, yeah, you gotta do your thing. Gonna be fucking miserable, but it's not. It, I, it, mine's not too bad this time. I I didn't have too much shit, so it's like. I mean, I, I listen. I, I look at complicated tax returns all day. I'm a mortgage loan officer and used to be yeah. an underwriter, so I mean, I'm yeah. buried in it. But doing my own isn't exactly, you know, a stellar time. So. Oh yeah, it's it's annoying either way. <laughs> But um, yeah, so like I think the strategically here, um, I was like the the what's not been bad about Mexi is they do have a lot of different coins they have on the exchange, so you can like there's always something that you own you can send over to trade with or whatever. Um, and the um, 
you know, if you have your cost basis on one exchange and you sell something on another exchange, and as long as it's all, you know, all you import everything, it, it works fine. I haven't had too much trouble with it. Um, where it gets dicey is if you're on like, uh, for example, if you're doing shit on Kujira or something, like forget about it because there's not even a Kujira integration yet with Coinly. Um, Dove did say that he's working on it though because I messaged him like, dude, like, are you guys going to have like <laughs> Coinly integration? He's like, yeah, we're working on it. No issues with uh, Kepler and Leap, are there? Kepler and Leap. Um, it's not the wallet so much. It's that Coinly does not connect to every chain. So one one thing it does connect to is Osmosis, and it also connects to um, like Cosmos Hub, for example. Uh, but it doesn't connect to um, Kujira or Injective, like you know where you can where you can scan the chain. Um, so yeah, they haven't implemented every chain on in in their system yet. This is always the case. Like they're late for this shit. So what happens is you're sitting there holding, you know, waiting for doing your taxes. That's why a lot of people what they end up doing is if they Coinly hasn't got their shit together, you just file for an extension. Do the extension filing, then your taxes aren't due till October. I have heard, and I'm not sure if this is true, but I heard like there's less audit risk if you uh, file late too, because the auditors are like you know closing up shop for that year or whatever, right? So they initially like maybe it's not. It could be bullshit too. I'm not sure. But there's something it's, to be said for because late. they can audit any year at any time, man. And when they see ridiculous capital gains activity, I mean that's a major. Yeah, major well, I mean, flag. if, if so. you're if you're if you're reporting something versus nothing, then they're probably going to leave you alone. But if it's like, you know, Knock on wood. Coinbase reports that you have taken ten thousand dollars out of Coinbase to them, or you've traded more than like ten k worth of crypto, I believe they automatically report to IRS your name. And on your thing, you didn't say yes to, you know, yes, I have cryptocurrency trades and you haven't submitted something, then you're probably going to get audited, right? But if you've submitted something and it looks like, you know, it's reasonable, it's probably not, people aren't going to be like, oh, let's figure this thing out with a toothpick at this point. I don't think, you know, people are going to get that magnifying glass on that that much. Like they're, they're going after the big, the big uh, hauls, right? Yeah. The Cephi bags. Yeah. Well. <laughs> They're going after the halls where they, they they're pretty sure that there's some um, like tax to be laundering. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, well, not just not not so much for crime and stuff. IRS really doesn't do crime stuff. They're mainly looking for like the the people who are like avoiding paying their taxes. If you're paying a fuck ton of taxes anyway, and you're like reporting these things, you're probably fine. Like what I'm saying is, they're not going to go into the like fine tooth comb this thing if you've turned in a bunch of stuff, right? Like. The nuances, I think they're not going to care. They don't have the time to go through all those transactions anyway. Um, so, yeah, yeah I mean, they anyway. did hire uh, a lot of new agents, but no, I, I think generally you're right on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know like who they're going to go after with all those agents. I'm not really sure. I keep my business shit really, really tight. Um, in my personal, too. I, I don't like. My business stuff is just completely up to date. I've got everything so that if they would show up, it's like, here you go. Um, log into this and check my shit, you know. You file on extension every year. It's going to say almost every uh, self-employment return. Uh, businesses uh, businesses tend to. Uh, your yeah, accountant exactly. for businesses will tend to um, file extension just in case. Um, 
because it doesn't really cost them much to do that or yeah, whatever. I mean, I'd, I'd say probably one in 10, you know, of the 1065 and 1120s as I, I look at are actually filed by the, the first date. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you have like really simple taxes, people file them early, but otherwise just do the extension. This year, I'm hoping to get a lot of mine done reasonably early. Um, so we, we, I've been working hard at that <laughs> for once. Mm, anyway, yeah, if anyone wants to like hop up and check, feel free. Um, yeah, talk about something a little bit more exciting than taxes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, taxes are boring. Um, hey, you brought it up, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's all negative. <laughs> It's all your fault. Um, anyway, but yeah, there there are some, yeah. Coinly, I think, Coinly will work for those exchanges, by the way, for your question, like with the APIs. Um, but it seems like KuCoin had a problem with it. But I don't know if KuCoin was going to send me those messages anyway, or it was because Coinly tried to attach to their thing and did Yeah, I'm not really sure. Can you hear me okay? Yes, got a sir. phone call, so I wasn't sure if it was going to kick me or something. Um, what's your uh, mm -hmm. what's your your feeling of uh, what what's your inclination for the safety of sending a bunch of money through like uh, Trade Ogre or non KYC? Just just thinking about like off ramps for ZSD. And yeah, of course. Down the road. Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing because if Mexi is our largest liquidity player, they definitely need yeah, one. And if they start, we definitely need one more big one for sure. Exactly right, and and Coinex just put the ban on uh, um, important export of privacy tokens without KYC. So I'm wondering how far Mexi is behind, right? The FATF knocking on, the, on their door. You're going to need some of the uh, the old XMR champions to step up, like trade. Yeah, I'm not sure. Right? I'm not sure. So, like, yeah, exactly. Like who gets targeted for what or whatever. I'm not really sure. Yeah. and and hopefully that Dex turns out to be good. Um, yeah, if they have like Dai or something on there, right? Like, yeah, like some other stable coin, that'd be amazing. Well, the I, I mean the little all the problems graphic that I saw is it's going to have like Tether on there, and you're going to have holy um, shit, you're going to have some Tether on there. You're going to have Bitcoin, I think Monero, uh, and uh, a couple of the things. I'm not sure what, but like yeah, there's it looks it looks interesting. I'm not sure, but what I'm not sure of yet is what is their actual like what's the DeFi platform they're actually running that exchange on that's we, we don't know that's yeah that's the, the fact problem. that they're built it's it looks like they're building it in-house right i mean that's i think that's a hell of a project. I, I, I didn't get a word back i was i asked that question i'm like is this a thorchain fork or what are we even looking at here and i didn't get an answer back hopefully we get more information once it you know gets close to going live i mean that'd be huge though that would solve like all of the fud about offloading um a privacy token you know right or, or being able to rebank a privacy token so because it does which impact, has been like it does impact how much you can invest in a sense because um let's say you invest you know like uh 100k into zef and it 10x's now it's worth a million bucks and you're sitting there going wait a minute like how am i gonna you know let's say something happened to maxi how are you going to offload anything to, um, you know, with any sufficient liquidity, that would be a problem. Um, so it, it like affects the, the impact of what happens, even if we get good upside in a way. Right. 
So you need to have that that exit liquidity somewhere. Exactly, man. Just just one other stable coin, Dai USDT, something like that. So it, I mean, at what point do these centralized exchanges freeze um, funds that you're bringing in? How much do you have to to bring in for them to like hold it for uh, for suspicious activity? You know, oh, oh, they are. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that I would hold in tether though. Like I would probably you know swap it send it via tether to somewhere and then swap it for something else and then store that somewhere um so like yeah maybe just convert to bitcoin or something and toss into a hard wallet or something so <laughs> um yeah like it on on an exchange of this type like does it make sense to convert to a stable or do you just convert to something that's uncensorship resistant and move out um or just like eventually send it back to your bank account and move to cash or something. I'm not sure what, uh, depends on your goals, obviously what you're trying to do with the money, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, part to the bank and part to hold for the next dip. So, I mean, that's, that's basically it. So, yeah. Well, for the next dip, you also have the option of just like, if you've made a high enough multiple, um, it, it may be, just simple to just convert to ZSD too, depending on the. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I, I don't want to risk fucking up their uh, their like collateralization levels. I mean, maybe I'm getting that wrong, and that's not how that works. But if uh, I mean, if no, because the higher Zef goes, the the more collateral you have. Yeah, but then so. then if Zef tanks and I've got all my money in ZSD, is is the price peg still? somewhat safe it depends yeah it depends just on how much people how many people did the same thing you did um so if there aren't that many people that converted then you should be fine and the last time that it wasn't that there wasn't a whole lot of conversion so you're probably safe more than likely but yeah you have, I mean, to, I mean, you have I, to wait for the moving average price of zeph to sort of settle in right because there's that problem too yeah so, i mean the plan for me is to have have you know that secondary wallet that you know, I have any extra Zeph in, right? And just keep that forever, right? Switch to ZSD. But I mean, mm. for the majority of it, probably not. Probably move it around. And maybe if it's time to buy back in at the next dip, I'd consider that. So that's that's what I was thinking. So I mean, yeah, like if it's a conservative amount that I'm switching to ZSD, like maybe 20% or 25% of the, mm -hmm. the position. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm thinking if, if Zeph does like a, a 20x or 30x from here, right? Who knows, maybe more, right? And then you have half of the people holding it, you know, anticipating the, the drop-off, switching to ZSD. What the fuck does that do to their, their you know, the stability of, of ZSD? So Yeah, usually these things, the way it works is like, if you can break high and you can have another run and then the next, like, dip is not quite as low as your previous high like you know you really make higher highs and higher lows um then typically you'll have more than one cycle to come like like all we've had so far is one zephyr cycle essentially right the first cycle is all we've seen and that was a run from a buck 88 to like 52 dollars um, and then because we, the re, the way, you know, that we're in the next cycle is that like, we've already pulled back like 80%. If we'd only pull back 30%, you could argue you're still in the same run in a sense, right? Like if you think about how these waves sort of work, um, 
So I'd say we've already had like cycle one Zephyr and cycle two is like the next impulse move wherever it starts to run again. And, you know, when is that going to happen exactly? Who knows? But it's probably not far away. I'm thinking. Um, if you kind of get to like 15 minute charts and hour charts and stuff, you'll notice that like the, um, we've been in an uptrend with higher lows for almost a week now. Um, like our low was on January 25th and we have been trending upwards ever since uh, for the lows for Zephyr. So it looks really good. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yeah, a little bit, to be honest with you, I was, um, getting a little greedy waiting for the, what was it? Nine twenty fib level, right? Thinking about uh -huh. that. So yeah, missed out a little bit. Yeah. Naturally what will happen is like, you'll want a specific level and then it doesn't go there. And then you're like, and then you're waiting and waiting because it's almost going to get there. Right. And then you're like, Oh, and then it'll go to like 15. You're like, Oh shit. I mean, this is how it always happens. You know. this, this is how it always happens. It's like, you think it's going to get to that level. It's going to, it's going to make it, it's going to make it. And you have all the FUD and people are like, Oh, it's, it's the prices actions. Terrible, man. Like Dude, the I problem is I do I'm this down. like every time. <laughs> Like it's every not time even it happens, fifty fifty for me. <laughs> it's like it always 100%. happens, and I'm so bad at this shit. No, it's just it's like mentally, it's just the the model you get into. Same thing. Like right now, it's pretty cheap. It's like twelve sixty. You know, is it that much different than you know eleven dollars or something? Not really. It's not. But but my average buy price is is twenty one fifty. I was hoping to get it a little little further down. You know. So. Yeah, but even here, you you bring down your average quite fast. So it's like. But then what you talk yourself into is like, well, maybe I already allocated too much or maybe, um, you know, maybe it'll go down lower or maybe I'm just being impatient buying too soon and whatever else. Right? Like there's no amount of like you can keep talking about it, but it doesn't automatically make it any more certain of a perfect buy really is what happens. And but I think here is a good price for Zephyr. Like if people are watching this, like twelve dollars and fifty cents is good, I think um my average is definitely above that um and um anytime the price is below my my basis that's usually a good sign for most people um, wait what what is your average i'm probably that? i'm probably at 20 now something like that cuz i bought a i bought a pile of it at like 27 25 21 like i mean like really all the way down yeah, so, likewise. Uh, I, I bought it at nineteen thirty-five. Then on the way back down, thirty-five. Whole bunch at twenty-six, um, and a whole bunch at eighteen. So, uh -huh. but um, I was hoping, I was hoping like Link would run here, like, uh, and Zeph would lag behind maybe a couple of weeks, like it did last time, and then like I could take some of that Link that runs, and I can just take that and make one last nice sweet buy at the at this like low at these lows for zephyr that was my like um that's my christmas wish here that that happens <laughs> yeah i was doing the same thing with the bozo meme coin um <laughs> which is ridiculous the the shit was at um what is it a, a third of a cent um i was gonna buy it at a third of a cent within an hour the shit was just below a cent but how soon were you in it. that? Like, were you, would you buy it like the day it came out or what? The day it came out. Day it oh, came really? Out. Okay. I, was, I was two hours late because I had to do a pre-approval. And, and <laughs> <laughs> fucking tripled. <laughs> I bought it. It went up to six cents. It started crashing back down. So I sold it at four cents. I bought back in at 
I think it was 20 or two, 2.4 cents when it looked like it had leveled out and then it started tanking again. So I sold it at just below a cent where I had originally bought it with a loss of like, huh. I don't know, 20. So you're out there, you're out there oh, sitting around dude. losing money on meme coins now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every single time I, I grow the balls enough to get a fucking meme coin, man, I sell uh-huh. the top and buy and you yeah, get wrecked, sell the bottom and buy the top. I'm so fucked. Oh my up. God. Micro, micro cap, like, Microcap speculation is so, um, like it's so risky. As far it as... lost ninety percent of its its fucking gains in a day, and and then after I was completely out of the position, it went back up. It it had one low candle back down to point four cents, so just above where I had originally seen it, and then the next day it was up to two point four cents. I think it's at, at three cents right now, something like that, just below three cents. Like, dude, that that kind of fucking volatility. I mean, hi, there's no way you can catch it. It's like impossible. It's, so my my confidence is a little shaken right now. I think I'm just going to hold for a minute. Well, um, check check this out. So remember that chaos token we were gambling on? Yeah. That thing went down to 1.6 cents. And uh, that was kind of like the floor that was built over the past month. It pretty much held that floor for like, I don't know, a few weeks. And then, uh, like, let me see, when was this? Just yesterday. Double, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the Up thing ran to, like, right. it just sort of ran arbitrarily to, like, uh, $0.03 cents because it got listed on Mexi, I believe. And now it's at, like, <laughs> 1.8 again. Listen, there's something about this token, man. I, I know it's proof of work, but... The, oh, I don't the, own it right now. I'm just pointing out, if, like... yeah. No, I, I know. I, I bought a little bit of it and, and held. I bought like 200 bucks worth. It was like nothing. But the, the, the account, the main Twitter account for that project was talking about like price action to a dollar. And it was, it was so fucking sketchy. Yeah, sound, right. Man, like, holy cow. What kind of rug pull is that, man? <laughs> they're, kind of, they're kind of pumping price action as opposed to like. Exactly. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little jaded on that one, but. The hash rate on that thing is super high too, so it's like yeah, a it's lot huge. of coins are going under the market too. Hard, yeah, that's exactly why I asked about Zephyr's, uh, you know, price may maybe being suppressed by by mining activity. Yeah, even just little cells like like. At the oh, moment. I'm I'm, but, I'm sure there's some like automated uh, selling happening in the background for it for sure. Yeah, not so much right now though. The volume's dropped off, but I mean the hash rate's still way up there, isn't it? So. I'm trying to find like even for something like Carlson, like what the hell is the actual market cap? Like, you know, they still don't have the data on on Coin Market Cap and CoinGecko. Let me see if Mark. Yeah, neither of them have like. A yeah, this is a, this is a real cypherpunk coin, man. This is like circa 2012 and 13. <laughs> you know, there's no official it's data something. on this fucking thing. There's no, yeah, I can't find a damn market cap on the thing, so it's like. Who knows? Mm. But yeah, it, like it, it, it might be a good level now. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like we don't know what kind of catalysts and stuff it has, but it's just one of those goofy coins that you're like, maybe it will run. Ooh, it's down seventeen percent today. Yeah, it dropped all, all the way back down. Like it had a little pump and dump because of the listing, and then it dumped back down again. Might just buy some and use the proceeds for my next Thailand vacation. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it does look like a like 
it's reaching a floor and maybe it's a decent gamble finally. I'll use the word gamble literally, like you know, like it's, yeah, it's basically yeah. the casino, dude. This is fucking black you know. jack. Yeah, this is roulette. Yeah, like if it falls below um, that one point six cent level, it probably becomes worth it um, because then it like it's a capitulation off that floor for the last few weeks. So like if it goes to like uh, yeah, even lower, it might be interesting just for fun. Try not to waste money or time on those things too much. Hey, some of these these uh, layer ones a little further down, like say injective, um, sui, um, like the Solana killers. What do you think the chances are of those uh, breaching the top ten, just from like mimetic effect? Obviously, they don't have the same um, fundamentals, but yeah, good question. I don't really know. Um, one of the interesting things about all of those is to get the top ten like everything else is going to move up into top 10 too. So it's going to be a crowded space. Um, the question is what stays in the top 10, I think more so than like what gets there. Um, I think these things can cycle to the point where like one by one, each of them can pump there for a little while. Um, yeah. I don't know how long they're going to stay though. Um, Kajira is amongst these. Uh, there's so many of them now though. So that's the thing. Like if you would say, well, you know, where's the attention going to go? It's going to be divided between all these different chains. You think that might equal some some price suppression across the board because there are just too damn many options? I mean, it almost has to. I can't see how that's not going to be the case, but I don't know. Yeah, when there's so many interesting options, um, then it becomes diluted, the effect. This is also one of the reasons why I went heavier chain link. I was like, of all the different things that would benefit from other blockchains doing well, it would be Chainlink, and it doesn't it doesn't suffer from the like layer one narrative problem where it's like you're just competing with all the other layer ones. So, I, I think that's you know some of these projects that's that's what's interesting about them is that you can differentiate a little bit from the just just one more layer one. Anyway, um, I think we covered a lot today. Um, I think I'll drop and go look after dinner for the evening. Drew. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for taking all my questions. Hopefully all your shit goes up. <laughs> That's the bullshit. That's the game. <laughs> all right. Catch you later. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends, dragging out the max amount of payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks, they probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knotters, and then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic, it's been
been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs, I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns white knighting all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Terror spaces.